hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q this is the midday news for tuesday august 23rd in the headlines Justice Dr. Irvin Andre laments that we have abandoned our essential values and suggests that we take a comprehensive approach to solving the problem of crime and violence in Dominica. Antigua and Barbuda Ministry of Tourism reports growth in the rivals of 7% for July against benchmark year 2019. And two weeks after the search of his Mar-a-Lago home, former President Donald Trump asks a federal court in Florida to stop investigators from reviewing the documents until a special master attorney is appointed. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. Optical. Get your free eye exam plus free children's frames with any lens purchase. Adults get 25% off frames and lenses. When you shop today with no cash, three to 24 month credit terms available. So book your appointment online today at courtsoptical.com. Get in on the deals and save now. Only at Courts Optical. Value you can see. Promotion runs till August 31st, 2022. Special conditions apply. It is obvious that the issue of increased crime and violence in Dominica is a fact, not simply our perception. We cannot imprison our way out of this dilemma. For one thing, as Search Justice Irvin Andre, he laments that the methods we employ or try to instill do not address the fundamental underlying issues. Therefore, we must adopt a holistic approach to this issue of crime and violence in Dominican communities. There's one thing we can't do. We can't jail our way out of this problem. We can't simply incarcerate those who are charged with significant offenses because, quite frankly, that doesn't address the fundamental and underlying problems. We have to adopt a holistic approach to this question of crime and violence. We have to ask ourselves what are the factors that engender antisocial behavior? Is it um, individual pathology? Is it that there's just a few bad apples? Is it that the people who are just bad or is it the influence of perverse factors in the community imported perhaps by persons in positions of authority that are basically taking advantage of those lesser beings, the, uh, the low-lying fruit of the criminal justice system, as it were, and uh, causing this perpetual stream of problems? Dr. Andre wonders whether we have strayed from our core principles and asks, what kind of leadership culture are we cultivating in our society? Do we promote a culture where people live for one another rather than alongside each other? He asks, is the ability to swindle our way into unassailable leadership positions a measure of success? Um, have we deviated from our value system? If we have, why have we done so? What is the type of culture of leadership that we engender in our society? Do we engender a culture where you live on each other as opposed to with each other? Do you engender a culture where it becomes a dog-eat-dog society? Do you engender a culture where success is defined by the basis of the size of the house that you live in, by the quality of the watch that you wear, and by the brand of clothing that you buy? Is success measured by the fact that you can cheat your way into perpetual leadership positions? 
Justice Dr. Irvin Andre, with all the dissertations surrounding the youth being the future, if there are no contingencies in place for them, then we have failed them. These remarks are from economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, who shared his professional and personal analysis of the recently concluded national budget debate, as well as the current standings of our youth within an increasingly arduous economic society. He says of the rise in youth fleeing the country, the natural consequence is loss in the workforce and societal brain it should not be a case where the only choice that the young people of this country feel is to live the country. And I think if that's the only choice that we give our young people, then we fail this young people. And I, and I know, you know, we, we talk a lot about the, the youth being the future and all the rest of it. We need to be able to create these conditions and these opportunities for the young people of Dominica. And there is ample resources in Dominica that can allow us to do so. But as one caller rightly said, it goes back to the leadership and who we put our trust in to lead us forward. Dr. Fontaine comported the facts of possible opportunities within the agricultural sector that could increase the value of fresh produce and generate much needed employment. Okay. The real value to agriculture is in adding value to it. And the way you do that is that you process. So the same mangoes, yes, you eat some fresh, but you process these mangoes into juice. So whereas one mango can probably sell for a dollar, if the same mango is turned into juice, it can probably sell for $5. So just in this adding value, you've already changed the value of a, of a mango from a dollar to $5 by simply subjecting this mango to some processing. Okay, so that's the kind of thing that I think the government of Dominica needed to concern itself with and any government coming should be looking to do. You know, that is how you create new opportunities. Not everybody wants to go or to subject themselves to the realities of agriculture, having to face the rain and, you know, the hard work in the hot, in the hot sun of, you know, planting, weeding, you know, fertilizing, all the rest of it. But there are people who will gladly put on their nice clothes and go to a factory to work. There are people, there are people who will gladly do the accounting and do the computer graphics and the advertising and the promotions and so on for those goods. So, you know, you can really do and employ a whole range of people in a whole range of different disciplines if you do a focus on agriculture that is smart, agriculture that is geared towards adding value, and agriculture that is meant to truly creating sustainable jobs. Economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, host of the Kingdom Connection program, Pastor Randy Rodney, contends that the police force has lost all understanding of its mandate, which is to protect and serve, not to torment, torture, and harass. He added that they keep on turning a blind eye to the mandate and keep tormenting and harassing individuals depending on who they are and how vocal they may be. Our police has lost their, their understanding of their mandate. Their mandate must be to protect and serve, not to torment and torture and harass. But they keep doing that, depend on who you are, depend on how vocal you are, depend on whether you are singing Sanki or singing another song. Okay, They need to do that. But while they are not doing the work, if you ask me, gun violence is increasing. While they are not doing the work, then we have more of this criminal activity happening all around us. Some of them in the eyes of the police. Some of them are wrong, the police. Some of them that the police know 
and uh, some of them the police will turn a blind eye on let me tell you a few of them and those, some of you are going to get a little upset but that's fine drink some lubia water there is no law that has legalized the smoking of marijuana the law doesn't legalize the smoking of marijuana so tell me what you see on the road if it's what the law should allow or not i'm just talking about i'm not saying that it's good to smoke or not good to smoke i'm just talking about the police and their work there are so many things happening here that i believe the police must check on but instead if you call them about something else that they get excited about they will do that like i said we've had 13 murders and uh, up to now for the year and if by that trajectory if nothing is done it will keep increasing and i know that when it goes down you hear the minister tout as though they cause it to go down. Pastor Randy Rodney, still on the local scene, Prime Minister Roosevelt Scarrett claims the advantage of being part of the global community is in peer evaluation, where countries form groups to visit neighboring countries with the aim of assisting them in examining what they have done, what they are doing, what needs to be done, and make recommendations to address these issues. He was speaking in Parliament on Monday. We are part of a global community, and there is peer evaluation. There we will form part of teams that will go to other countries and help them examine what they have done, what they're doing, and what they need to do, and make recommendations. Likewise, other countries will come here as part of a team to do the same. We, from a national standpoint, with regards to the National Advisory Committee, from time to time, will examine what we have done, what we're doing, what we need to do, and where that National Advisory Committee who, that is shared by the Attorney, Honorable Attorney General identifies certain gaps, they will advise the Cabinet on these actions and we will take those actions. As is the case today, that's why we're in the Parliament. We're in the Parliament because the National Advisory Team, in its own, own assessment and, and, and evaluation, recognizes that there are a few gaps which we believe would be advantageous to the country and to our global commitment if we do come to parliament to amend it that's what is that's what it is and so and 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 the point is mr speaker whether it is um the peer review people who tell us to who recommend to us to do it or we do it ourselves that is inconsequential really what is important is what has the government done in reaction to that advice the government has taken the political decision that we will proceed with the amendments and come to the parliament whether it's an emergency sitting or whether we take three months of notice to come to the parliament. But the point is, and that we have stopped everything we're doing as a government, this matter. And so when people come and talk about political will and seeking to cast aspersions, Mr. Speaker, it's not by words you determine somebody's political will or anybody's will. It's by your deeds and your actions. Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt. Motivational speaker Petra Carbon George calls on the village councils and local governments to work hand in hand with the youth to ensure holistic development as a viable way forward. George sought to highlight the importance of participation, collaboration, education, and practical applications of ideas and programs that see the youth at the forefront. Speaking as a former councillor and guest on the Civic Vibes program, George made the call for greater collaboration of the youth and local government as a means forward. I think that the people of the village councils, um, they should go out in their communities and work directly with the young people, work with them, help them to build that um, association, help them to, because the local government can get monies from the government to do group projects in their community. I know mm -hmm. because I was once a counselor mm -hmm. and um, 
that's how we got our building um, in um, Capuchin to get to be tiled. Um, we worked with our parep at that time as a council and get him to pay somebody, um, a person that, um, from the community that was doing tiling. And while he was teaching the young people, he used that, um, that, that, that session to put the tiles in the community center um, as well. So it benefits the center, it benefits the individual that was paid to do the course, and it also benefits the people that, that he taught the course in the community. So we have to go back to that um, level, that local government level in our communities and, and do that job. Petra Coppin George, opposition Senator Ernie John Finn says there is an urgent need to fill the gaps and tighten the knots that may exist in Dominica's laws and policies regarding the issue of money laundering. She states that everyone must play a part to ensure the necessary steps are taken to mitigate the risks associated with the issue at hand. All reasonable steps must be taken to demonstrate to all the international or the international community that we are determined and we are being proactive in preventing the proceeds of crime from being laundered through our financial institutions and in Dominica as a whole. Required personnel should boldly exercise the authority given them under the law to take action regarding these criminal activities without fear and without favor. Likewise, Mr. Speaker, where any responsible officer falls short of executing the, the duty regarding money laundering, that officer should be held accountable for the actions. Opposition Senator Ernie John Finn, President of the Dominica Nurses Association, Yolanda Rodney John Baptist says, as a non-bargaining organizer, the DNA feels a sense of pride over its accomplishments, such as safe working environments and conditions, educational opportunities, and improved collaboration of stakeholders. She says it remains committed to enhancing the professional and personal well-being of every nurse. The DNA observed its 65th anniversary on Monday. By so doing, enhancing identity and purpose, we continue to socialize our young into a profession through innovative ways in an effort to retain membership and stimulate interest. Despite the many challenges and obstacles faced, we continue to push to ensure that what we are called to do as a body is accomplished. The task before and those to come was never and will never be easy. But DNA, the Dominican Nursing Association, has proven among all odds we can stand united and together we will continue to achieve. As we advance, we look forward to accomplishing goals and leading the Dominican Nurses Association to a bright future. President of the Dominica Nurses Association, Yolanda Rodney John Baptist. A National Security and Home Affairs Minister, Raven Blackmore, stated that Dominica's Financial Intelligence Unit, FIU, has confiscated the most funds in the entire Eastern Caribbean. He says from 2017 to 2022, the FIU successfully preferred seven money laundering prevention charges against persons. He was speaking in Parliament on Monday. As we speak, free are real. I want it before the High Court by way of paper committal. 
from 2017 for the same period that was referenced, there have been 35 civil cash forfeiture. 35, Mr. Speaker. We have to commend the FIU for the hard work, Mr. Speaker. I'm working in the custom. 35, Mr. Speaker. And in terms of the quantum, Mr. Speaker, of the cash that we're talking about in so far as forfeiture is concerned, you're talking about $7,510,000 that have been forfeited and placed into the government account and has been used, Mr. Speaker, to do the following, among others. The Prime Minister just made reference to the five scanners that was paid for over $2 million paid for by that fund. Vehicle study police some years ago, the same. And it is continuous and continuous, Mr. Speaker. That is what the FIU is doing. That is what a responsible and transparent government is doing to fight money laundering offenses in this country, Mr. Speaker. In other news this afternoon, Antigua and Barbuda's steady tourism rebound continues for yet another month as stayover tourism arrivals for July 2022 have topped the July 2019 pre-pandemic record. The Antigua and Barbuda Ministry of Tourism is reporting a growth in arrivals of 7% for the month of July against benchmark year 2019. During the month, Antigua and Barbuda welcomes 24,673 visitors to the destination, an increase over 2021's 23,405 and 2019 record of 23,031. Antigua and Barbuda's Tourism Minister Charles Fernandez said, for a second year, we are experiencing a healthy summer season as consumer travel confidence grows and travelers make the decision to take that long-awaited vacation or previously delayed trip. And two weeks after a search of his Mar-a-Lago home, former President Donald Trump is asking a federal court in Florida to stop investigators from reviewing the documents until a special master, a third-party attorney, can be appointed. CBS News Chief Election and Campaign Correspondent Robert Coster reports. The former president's 21-page motion is not just a legal move, but a political argument. It claims he is the front-runner for the Republican nomination in 2024 and cast the investigation in political terms. The Justice Department's response, this is not political. Two weeks after the FBI's search of his Mar-a-Lago home, former President Trump is asking a federal court in Florida to stop federal investigators from reviewing the documents taken until a special master or third-party attorney can be appointed. In the legal filing, he also requests that the FBI return any documents that went beyond the scope of the search warrant. A special master would be almost like an extra judge to take an independent look at those. The filing also reads as a political pitch ahead of a possible run in 2024, in which Trump's lawyers make unsubstantiated claims of investigators being partisan, saying law enforcement cannot be used as a weapon for political purposes, and go on to say that the matter at hand involves not only the constitutional rights of President Trump, but also the preservation of executive privilege. National security lawyer Bradley Moss. And by admitting this is really all just about executive privilege, Donald Trump is admitting these are official records, not personal records. This filing was all about trying to shore up his position with the Republican base and hoping that no one notices it's not properly constructed. It's going to get slammed by the judge. So far, a U.S. official tells CBS News that the Justice Department has retrieved at least 150 classified documents from the boxes Trump handed over to the National Archives earlier this year. And the New York Times reports that since federal agents re-engaged with Trump's legal team this summer and then searched his home, that number has climbed, with more than 300 documents with classified markings obtained by the Justice Department. I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. 
The Justice Department released this statement after the motion was filed Monday, saying the search was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. While the former president continued to rail against the search, he called a break-in. All he knows is to throw things at the wall and to try to file various motions or lawsuits to try to delay things. It's worked for him in the past. What the problem he's got here is it's a criminal investigation. A grand jury has been convened. Federal prosecutors already had to get a search warrant for his property. That's something he's never faced before. This all comes as a Florida federal judge prepares to decide this week whether to release a redacted version of the affidavit that led to the FBI search of the Mar-a-Lago estate. That affidavit could reveal more about why FBI agents went in and why they believe a crime might have been committed. And that's the midday news, but first a recap of the headlines. Justice Dr. Irvin Andre laments that we have abandoned our essential values and suggests that we take a comprehensive approach to solving the problem of crime and violence in Dominican communities. Antigua Barbuda Ministry of Tourism reports growth in arrivals of 7% for July against benchmark year 2019. And two weeks after the search of his Mar-a-Lago home, former President Donald Trump asks a federal court in Florida to stop investigators from reviewing the documents until a special master attorney is appointed. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. I am Kimberly Benjamin. Hour News.